The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. The Nonprofit Voice is a premier radio program featuring nonprofits on Long Island every Saturday morning. We have learned about, been inspired by, and celebrated hundreds of nonprofits in our community. The Nonprofit Voice is produced by Marketing Works, the only full-service marketing and public relations firm that works almost exclusively with nonprofit agencies. We pride ourselves on our reputation in creating strategic marketing and public relations campaigns, successful virtual, hybrid, and live events, as well as powerful social media and digital campaigns. As the leaders in nonprofit marketing, no other agency understands the industry as we do, and we are committed to the success of each and every one of our clients. Marketing Works hopes you enjoy this week's featured nonprofit. Good morning. This is Ron Gold from Marketing Works. The name of the show is a nonprofit voice, and I am part of Marketing Works, and we have just opened up a new division called Event Works with our president, uh, Melissa Rose. Today, our featured nonprofit is the Mora Foundation, and I have with me Eileen Pilatero. Is that right? And that, yep. oh God, good guess. No, <laughs> and anyway, she is with Community Affairs. Is that your title? I'm the program manager of uh, the organization. Because when we were talking, and I, you said, "Oh, Community Affairs is what I do." Well, we large part of what we do in my department is doing community outreach. So to raise awareness of the organization, the programs that we offer, um, develop new partners so that we're bringing the program into the community and schools and colleges. So a big piece of what I do, and I also have a community outreach coordinator, is making those connections in the community. Well, I want to hear about the background, how you guys started uh, you told me it was a surgeon at Winthrop Hospital. Yes. And, uh, you know, she had great strides coming forward. Absolutely. So Dr. Virginia Moore is our founder, and the organization officially became a nonprofit organization in 1995. So we've been in business for about 28 years now. And it really came about from Dr. Moore's experience in providing uh, her patient care. She was finding a lot of individuals were coming to her with misinformation about the causes of breast cancer and feeling like they didn't have any steps that they could take to reduce their risk. And we really wanted to focus on early detection because many of the patients were coming in much later stage of cancer. And so she started this campaign of educating her patients and having them bring their family and friends to her office her basement in her home until she realized by making these connections, okay, this is a much bigger need out there and started this organization 28 years ago. And in that 28 years, we have reached over 460,000 individuals with our, yeah, with our life saving programs. It really is. It's really a, a, a phenomenal uh, undertaking that, and again, the experience has been wonderful being able to, work with her in delivering our mission. And out of those 460,000, it's probably like the tip of the iceberg, right? I mean, there's so many people that have it that don't know about it, don't realize about mammograms. And I mean, there's so much that you could help them with. 
Absolutely. And we, you know, we really are focusing our programs on Long Island and New York City area, but we are seeing that increasing demand this for this information. So through our website and through our social media, we're getting a lot of requests from really across the country. We've had requests from, you know, international programs to say, you know, we love this message and how, you know, how can you help us deliver it? And for us, what came out of COVID when we all went virtual was our ability to, to create this program and in a very engaging and interactive way. And so really we don't have these boundaries that we had, you know, years before and saying, okay, how, how far can our staff go and deliver the message? Now we really can reach just about anywhere. So your founder started it 28 years ago. How long did she stay with it? And, uh, She's, she's still involved. Dr. Virginia Moore is still involved. Uh, she's one of the most energetic, uh, inspirational individuals that I've met. And so she serves as founder. She's a board member. She also is a member of our med medical advisory council. So uh, it's not just me who's coming up with the program. I have a team of educators and uh, professional teaching staff and medical professionals looking at our content, making sure we're accurate and we're up to date because we really are combating a lot of misinformation that exists out there with our program. So we want to make sure we're we're doing everything. Is that social media? I mean, that probably is the worst, like through everything else. You know, certainly we've seen things that, you know, aren't quite accurate or they're not quite understanding how to digest that information and deliver it in a way that people are understanding. So that is a big piece about what we're doing. And, you know, we're seeing tremendous growth in our followers on social media because I think they, people understand that there, there's a lack of information out there. Well, you have to go to the right source. I mean, that's the problem with social media. You know, who is, and you, you know, you'll, if you have a lump or something, and I hate to say a lump, but right. if you, you're going to look at, at the, at the um, computer and social media like we used to look at the world book and right. say, let's look this up and see, except we, it would take us a while before we get there as opposed to the internet, like just touch it now and you'll figure it out. And a lot of the information isn't as accurate as going to the Morrow Foundation. Tell me about Susan. So Susan Samaru is our executive director. She's been with the organization for about 10 years now, and she really has, her efforts have really allowed us to be able to grow exponentially, and uh, a big piece was being able to build our supporter and donor status so that we maintain financial viability. And so everything that we do, all of our programs, we're offering free of charge. So the way that we're able to do that is through special events that we run, through, culti again, cultivating uh, people who are making personal donations to the organization. So that's a key piece of what Susan's doing is making sure that, you know, we have the finances to be able to go out and deliver our programs. And she's doing that through networking events. and That's where uh, I met her. Yeah, exactly. And building connections. And that's how this organization has grown throughout the years and definitely thriving under her leadership. Well, is her background in breast cancer in any way or is it? Uh... No, not at all. Before this, she was the um, 
uh, director of operations for Big Brothers Big Sisters, but I think her passion has always been in the nonprofit world, and so she brought her experience uh, from running a a large organization like that to the Mora Foundation and really building that infrastructure that we needed to be able to grow. Well, when we talked about it before, we talked about some icons or people that were pretty famous as far as starting the breast cancer awareness, people like Lorraine Pace with the uh, mapping and uh, also Karen in Huntington and Carol Baldwin Center. Absolutely. I remember when Carol Baldwin just got started on it. And it was good at that time because people became really aware of breast cancer. And I don't think that they realized how bad it is on Long Island. Yeah, certainly the rate is about one out of every eight women are being diagnosed uh, over the course of our life. And that's particularly true for here in Long Island. So that's 13% of the female population. So we really, they they took tremendous strides, right? 25, 30 years ago to start that awareness campaign and then to continue that. And I think, as you said, we're just coming at, at the end of October, we've been seeing that pink ribbon, having that awareness. It's something we talk about now. Years ago, you know, cancer was something that was hush-hush. Family members didn't even understand that um, loved ones were going through this. So I think there, you know, as you said, there's been icons, these pioneers in raising awareness, and, and we've come a long way. And we're going to continue with that and making sure that we're staying in the forefront and giving good information. So again, we, we'd love to make this, uh, you know, uh, a cancer that we don't have to worry about in the future. But until that yeah, time. Yeah, you were right as far as people didn't like to talk about the C word. Right, and cancer exactly. And things like that. But now they do talk about it. I mean, I have uh, skin cancer. <laughs> and it's a basal cell, which is good because it's not uh, moving fast. Right. But it could be a problem. So um, let's talk more. You served about 24,000 people a year. Yeah, and the bulk of that really is in high schools and colleges. So when Dr. Moore envisioned this program, it was really to reach youth because her belief at the time and the research has supported that uh, continuously over the last 25 years is that it really, the decisions we make as young individuals, the foods that we're eating, are we drinking, are we smoking, are we vaping, that really impact our breast cancer risk, you know, decades down the road. And when we're pushing in early, when we when we're having awareness that young breast cancer is on the rise, we're seeing more women in their 20s and 30s being diagnosed with this disease long before they're eligible for mammograms. We're giving them the opportunity to learn how to do a proper self-exam to protect against a late diagnosis. And so when we're pushing into high school and college and giving them the tools, you know, we are hoping that we're helping to save their lives. We also will expand programming into community organizations. Uh, We have an educational team. We have uh, educators that can speak Spanish and Creole as well. Again, pushing into underserved communities. Anybody who really has this need for information um, about early detection. Let me ask something about donations. Uh, In other organizations that I work with, if it's mental health or if it's uh, special needs or autism, that people with autism are more drawn if they have family members to make donations. Is that the same with breast cancer? 
I think in a lot of ways it is. And, you know, as we said earlier, when one in eight women being diagnosed with the disease, we all know somebody who has had breast cancer. So whether it's our family, whether it's ourselves, whether if it's friends, we've all been touched in some way by the disease. So I think that there is this passion to be able to support the organization. Uh, we definitely see that when people are giving donations either in honor of or in memory of or in tribute to, because we, again, this disease is, has this far reaching effect. Now you have a lot of fundraisers that you work on every year. And I think it's really important. And that's where you're getting your big money from. Right. right. We've had some really successful fundraisers. We have three major events in during the course of the year. In October, we have a Pink Diamond Gala. Um, it was held at Garden City Hotel this past year. And we had an honoree, David Marino from American Global, and it was a, a very successful event. We run a golf tournament in May every year or we on two different golf courses in Nassau County. And we also have a motorcycle ride, which is a little bit different. And that's generally held in June of each year. And then we have smaller fundraisers over the course of the year, particularly in October. We have a lot of third-party events. So stores or salons or car dealerships, which want to raise money for us and giving a portion of their sales um, it, it, to the organization. So we have a lot of different ways. We do some granting, but certainly private donations is an important part of uh, how we do what we do. So you should have a grant writer. I hope you do. Well, that's a big piece of what I do, but we have a team <laughs> as well, you. but that's really important <laughs> for us. And we have a lot of uh, fantastic partners that support the organization through granting as well. Well, you know, foundations give money. <laughs> you and I can kid about that because I was surprised the first time I heard you were a foundation that you weren't giving money out, that the only foundations I know are usually the ones that, uh, Grant, give out grants. So. Right. We are really a service delivery organization. And again, this educational component is particularly in person is a big part about what we do. But again, we have been expanding our ability to provide information again through the website, through social media. Do you have a big staff that does this? Do you have volunteers or is it just you? <laughs> Generally, we all are, we do have employees where there's a lot of organizations that also have a lot of volunteer support. We do have volunteers that help us with our events and doing mailings, but a large part of the work being done is by employees of the organizations. And I have to say for being able to reach 24,000 individuals, a lot, yeah. it's a lot of individuals. Um, we have a phenomenal staff. We have some support within the office, but there's probably five to six different people that providing the programming out in the field, really delivering that message. Well, you said that uh, you're finding that the younger generation is is uh, picking up breast cancer earlier. And how are you reaching them? Uh, really, again, by having this very... Uh, focus mission on being able to do high school and colleges and being able to deliver it directly to them. And then what we're finding is, is that not only are they incorporating those uh, that information into their lives, they're also sharing the message at home uh, and bringing, we know s several individuals have uh, learned about issues regarding dense breast tissue from their student and gone on and gotten additional screening, finding breast cancer because of the information that's kind of being, you know, a paid forward and from the students, again, to the folks at home. So uh, we're always looking to increase the amount of people that are receiving our program and in any way that we can. 
Well, in order to reach that generation, and you know, you could hear about politicians trying to reach that generation, it's not easy to do. A lot of them find that they have to do it through social media of some kind. Yeah, and that's a really big piece of it. And we do have a social media marketing specialist. Uh, there. I hope she's young. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's she's excellent. And I really think she has her finger on the pulse of what's happening in breast cancer, staying on top of the most recent research. So it, it's not taking months to get this information out to folks as those studies are coming out. And we're vetting them with our medical advisory council. She's pushing it out to be able to get, get the good word because we, we do have a concern about increasing uh, numbers of p- folks with young breast cancer. And we want to be, make sure we're reaching them. Well, you said that you were uh, founded 28 years ago by a surgeon. Now, you said that if the surgeon did great, then she wouldn't have a job <laughs> anymore. Right. How has it changed over the 28 years from uh, when people have breast cancer to when they have breast cancer now? Well, I think through the efforts of, of, of everybody in the field of breast cancer, with, by raising an awareness, by making people understand the importance of getting a mammogram, breast cancer is not a death sentence as we used to think about it 30 plus years ago, right? right? So I'm that you lose both my breasts right, no matter what. Right. So that we're able to find breast cancers earlier where the treatment is easier, people are surviving this disease, thriving after it. So that's the great part of, of what we've seen, the changes that we've made. Yes, we are still seeing, again, 13% of the population being diagnosed, but it makes all the difference if we can find that disease in its earliest stage, where survivability is, is very high. Is Long Island the worst in the country? These are numbers that we track. Actually, we're yeah. not even the worst in the state, although I think, believe Nassau is somewhere around the you know number three in the in, in counties in New York State as far as numbers. But we are quite high I know. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in the state and, of course, compared to the rest of the country as well. And you can go to Shoreham. You could talk about Grumman. You could talk about so many of these places that just destroyed our air. I mean, and that probably had a big big effect on it. Yeah, I mean, there certainly are super fun sites across the island. But again, a lot of it that we have to really circle back and say, why do we have these numbers here? And and a lot of that actually has to do with the lifestyles of folks living here on Long Island as well. And so I want to make sure that we, that stays in the forefront and that people understand that we do have some con- control of when the foods that we're choosing, how much we're moving, how much we're drinking alcohol or deciding to smoke. There's some other risk factors as well, but those are the main ones. And we want to make sure that people understand that, that these are the things that are in their con- control and really start to focus on that. So is your, um, your mission when you raise money is not for the research. Your mission is to inform. It's to educate. Absolutely. And you're the program coordinator, so it's your job to inform everybody. And I don't think you're informing all of Long Island. <laughs> well, we, honestly, we're reaching about 80% of the school districts on Long Island. That's great. And so when we're reaching them at that very young age, they can really start to make those changes. And hopefully that we're impacting those numbers down the road. But we also do want to be reaching communities and uh, corporate settings. And we're doing work in colleges as well. We want to get as m- many people. We want 100% coverage, honestly. Well, I was being facetious. You know that. Uh, but 
when we look at October and we look at Breast Cancer Awareness Month, mm-hmm. Newsday is doing a lot. A lot of the uh, TV stations, everybody seems to be bringing that breast cancer awareness brand out. Does that help? It does. I think any sort of awareness, any information is really important. I know we see a lot of pink over the month of October, but as we say, breast cancer doesn't just happen in October. So it's really our job to keep that in everybody's mind throughout the year and also to raise awareness that it's not just a pink disease, that male breast cancer is a real phenomenon as well. And in my time here, I've seen slight increases uh, where it used to be one in a thousand men being diagnosed. It's one in 800 now. And that has a lot to do with obesity rates in the United States and a lot of the social drinking that occurs as well. How can uh, how can someone get in touch with you if they're interested in the Moore Foundation? Yeah, the best way to find us is really through our website at morefoundation.org. We have a contact us button. Certainly, if they want to reach out to us and make a donation, they can do that directly through the website. What's if they the want website? To- it morefoundation.org. I wanted you to say it again. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate that. <laughs> and uh, what's your phone number? And we are at 631-524-5151. And if you would like to learn more about our programs or do a program request, you can find more information about that on the website as well. Well, I really, really appreciate your being on. And you're actually pinch hitting for Lauren, who was pinch hitting for Susan. So Eileen Pilateri, um, I am so honored to have you, and you are a breath of fresh air in the way you speak, and I'm sure you'll be able to bring in a lot of people. This is Ron Gold from Marketing Works, and we'll be back after this short break. <laughs> 